As the transfer portal finally closes, the coaching carousel also begins to slow down, but it's still spinning, and there are some big pegs in this wheel that could change the way we look at college football teams, especially in the Power Five, going into next season. Hello, it is January 18th. I'm Brendan Marcello. This is the College Football Daily. 24 head coaching jobs have been filled in the FBS, and as we sit here today, hundreds of assistant coaches have been on the move. In fact, this is one of the busier off-seasons when it comes to that. More on that later. But there are still some big pieces on the board, especially at Alabama. And today's episode, I wanted to be able to look at and dive deeper into these numbers and some of the moves that have been made and moves that will be made in the near future. Now, what am I talking about with Alabama? Well, the Crimson Tide, obviously uber successful under Nick Saban, but could potentially be replacing not only its defensive coordinator, but also its offensive coordinator, giving Nick Saban a rare opportunity here to make some new hires at his two top lieutenant positions. As you may have heard, defensive coordinator Pete Golding left for SEC West rival Ole Miss just earlier this week to be the defensive coordinator there. And you can be sure Lane Kiffin is going to be picking Pete's brain to find out any insider knowledge about the way Alabama goes about its business. That's just how it goes in the SEC. It's all about spies and espionage, even in this day and age in college sports. But what does Alabama do with defensive coordinator? Well, they're slow playing it right now under Nick Saban. They're focusing on recruiting. They made a hire in hiring Austin Armstrong from Southern Miss to come on board, leaving behind an opportunity to continue coordinating a defense there at Southern Miss to be a position coach at Alabama. In fact, he doesn't quite know what position he's going to be coaching yet at Alabama. Where it is, it might end up being inside linebackers, which is usually the position that the defensive coordinator at Alabama calls and coaches, excuse me. So where does Alabama go from here at D.C.? Well, that might not be a hire that happens for another week or two as Alabama focuses on recruiting as they near, one, the ending of the transfer portal window, which closes January 19th at midnight, and then also the possibility here that they might have to fill an offensive coordinator position too. That's right. Bill O'Brien, the former Penn State head coach, the former Houston Texans head coach in the NFL, is rumored and in fact is reported to be the top primary target to be Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. And a hire there could happen here in the next week or so, according to NBC Sports Boston. Bill O'Brien's someone who, let's just say the, the relationship between him and fans is mixed. The emotions are mixed. A lot of folks are kind of disappointed with the way the offense has trended the last couple of years, especially with Bryce Young, a guy who won a Heisman Trophy and yet wasn't able to deliver a national championship. And a lot of people point the finger at Bill O'Brien for some key calls and some key situations. Never mind that the defense maybe took a half step back at times as well under Pete Golding. And again, Pete Golding not immune to the criticism. Not a lot of Alabama fans all that unhappy that he left Alabama, though they are a bit peeved that he went to an SEC West rival, especially when that rival is Lane Kiffin, who, as we know, loves to get under the skin of Nick Saban. So what would Alabama do at all fits of coordinator if that position comes open, as so many expect to happen here in the next week? 
Some interesting names to keep an eye on here, just from talking to people in the industry about possible candidates. How about former Florida head coach and former Mississippi State head coach Dan Mullen? Doing very well these days on ESPN and on television, doing games and also sitting in studio, making a good living, hanging out in Bristol and sitting in the studio in front of those studio lights and talking football. But is there an itch to get back into coaching? And for that matter, would he be interested in calling plays for Nick Saban? Dan Mullen has quite the personality and one that would butt heads. I mean, goodness gracious, the last time he had to coach under someone was Urban Meyer at Florida, and those guys were ultra competitive and butted heads all the time. I remember Dan Mullen once telling me in a conversation about a decade ago about how him and Urban Meyer were just walking one day, and one of them started walking faster than the other, and then all of a sudden became a full-on sprint to where they were going to see who could get there first. Everything was a competition to them. Everything's a competition to Dan Mullen. That would be fascinating to see how that would work under Nick Saban, who's obviously a no-nonsense guy and obviously a little bit of an age disparity there. How would Dan Mullen work for someone for the first time when he's not the boss in more than a decade? But that's a name to keep an eye on as Dan Mullen potentially looks to become a head coach again on the Power 5 level. And how about Joe Brady? the former LSU position coach who is credited as the mastermind behind the incredible rise of LSU back in 2019 under Joe Burrow, remember Ohio State transfer quarterback at the time. An amazing season there. Joe Brady now with the Buffalo Bills who are just absolutely hot at this moment in the NFL playoffs and trying to contend for a Super Bowl. He's also in the mix potentially to be an offensive coordinator once again after a couple of years there of being stagnant, not all too impressive with the Carolina Panthers. But would he be willing to jump back into the SEC and back to college football to call an offense? Or is he happier in the NFL? Word is he's happier in the NFL, but would Nick Saban be able to pull him? A name to keep an eye on. Another NFL name, but one with college experience and actually a Dan Mullen protege, Brian Johnson, who's now the quarterback's coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. He previously was the OC and quarterback's coach and several little gigs there at Florida and Mississippi State under Dan Mullen. Brian Johnson was in the running for some head coaching jobs the last couple of years in the college game. He was in the running there, never quite got beyond the interview process into a serious discussion about taking over a program, but he's been a hot name, not just in NFL circles, but also in college circles. And Brian Johnson might end up being an NFL head coach here pretty soon. All these names at OC, younger guys, of course, besides Dan Mullen, who's a veteran coach, but should Bill O'Brien leave the Crimson Tide? Those are some early names floating around in the industry as potential candidates. And any of those moves would be huge and said ripple effects, not just through college football, but also through the NFL. I'll talk much more about the coaching carousel, including Alabama defensive coordinator job that's open right now, and what to expect elsewhere as we look at some other big names at some other schools across college football after this. Alabama, of course, has one job open right now, and that's defensive coordinator. And here are a few names that are getting floated around there. But of course, as I mentioned, there might not be a hire here for another week or so as Alabama focuses on recruiting. But this, again, would change things for Alabama as they go in the future, but also for college football. 
How about former Wisconsin interim head coach and defensive coordinator Jim Leonard? Jim, of course, a Wisconsin guy, was actually in the running and turned down the defensive coordinator job for the Green Bay Packers just a year ago. He was not kept around at Wisconsin on Luke Fickle's head coaching staff there as after he took over as head coach. And so Jim's out there taking kind of a sabbatical and, and reassessing everything. Would Alabama be a good enough job to pull him back into it? Absolutely, I'm told. Keep his name in mind. Coaching top 10 defenses at Wisconsin on the routine, that would certainly fit in well with Nick Saban. How about former Washington head coach and former Washington defensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake? He's been away from coaching here for about a year after the failed experiment to be a head coach there for the Washington Huskies. He comes from the Chris Peterson coaching tree, very well respected in defensive coordinator circles. Also, been in a bit of a sabbatical and away from the sport. And how about someone who's already on the Alabama staff? Todd Grantham, a veteran play caller, previously at spots like Florida and Georgia in the SEC. He's an analyst there on defense at Alabama currently. Nick Saban could easily bump him up and make him the coordinator. Todd Grantham, though, was not a popular figure, especially most recently in Gainesville. He was the butt of a lot of chokes from fans, and boy, was he the, man, how did I say this? He was at the end of a lot of shouting of Dan Mullen there in the latter days of the Dan Mullen era. So some names to keep an eye on there as Alabama potentially faces an inflection point here in the Nick Saban era. No question he's the greatest of all time when it comes to head coaches in college football, at least in my eyes, but is people want to ask, is he winding down? Is Georgia just won back-to-back national championships, the first program to do so since Alabama Nick Saban did it in 2011 and 2012, and Georgia looks primed to be the number one team going into next season and might have a chance to three-peat. What does Alabama do to counterbalance that? This is the moment. Nick Saban's got to make the right decisions here because a lot is at stake as he replaces the defensive coordinator and potentially, if Bill O'Brien leaves for the New England Patriots, a new offensive coordinator as well. Elsewhere, keep an eye on the Mid-South and Midwest. Rumors circulating right now that Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles, the son of Art Bryles, who coached at Baylor, of course, and that air raid system has been incredibly successful everywhere Kendall's been from FAU to Florida State and now to Arkansas. He is in the running and is really got an offer on the table right now from TCU to be the new offensive coordinator there under Sonny Dykes for the national runner-up Horned Frogs. Still weird to say that, but what an incredible season for TCU. Kendall Bryles was chased after Miss by Mississippi State just a couple of weeks ago. He turned them down and was going to get a big raise at Arkansas. He's currently making about $1.2 million, $1.3 million. That figures to be pumped up to about $1.5 million. But now TCU's after him. And so does Arkansas kind of sit there and say, hey, I'm Sam Pittman, the head coach. You need to leave. Enough flirtation. We're trying to recruit here. We're trying to build a team. Trying to get off the mat here from kind of a disappointing seven-win season. You need to go do your own thing if you're going to continue flirting with jobs. We're not going to pay you $2 million to stay around here and then just have you leave in a year anyway, maybe. But that's going to be interesting to watch. Some blowback from TCU boosters and fans there about Kendall Bryles because of his past at Baylor and obviously being on that staff and his father being Art Bryles during all that, all those issues there at Baylor previously. But TCU very much interested in Kendall Bryles and could potentially be their offensive coordinator. And I'm told they're willing to pay. Not so sure they're going to be able to pay, though, about that $1.5 million range. But 
I'm told there is mutual interest there. That job, of course, came open when Garrett Riley, the brother of Lincoln Riley, the USC head coach, and of course, former Oklahoma head coach, Garrett Riley went to Clemson and what really might be the biggest move on the coaching carousel among coordinators this entire offseason. And an absolute surprise, too, for a couple of reasons. One, Dabo Sweeney, the head coach at Clemson, rarely makes outside hires. He likes to promote from within. He likes the way things have been done there over the last decade plus. And who can blame him? Goodness gracious, they've won 10-plus games every year since 2009. That, that's insane numbers, especially at Clemson, considering its history. So why not keep things the same? Well, things have gotten a little stagnant, both offensively and defensively. In fact, I thought the offense improved a little bit this year under first-year coordinator Brandon Streeter, who was formerly a position coach there, and they bumped up a year ago. But Dabo fired him and decided to hire Garrett Riley the same day. He had all his ducks in a row and got it done. An absolute blockbuster hire and one that changes a lot of per people's perspective on Clemson and the ACC race next season. You were hearing a lot of talk, including from myself, about Florida State being the team to beat in the ACC next year instead of Clemson and its long row of dominance there. But maybe that that preseason uh, talk goes back to Clemson's side because Garrett Riley absolutely deserves a lot of credit for getting TCU off the mat and getting that offense turned around under quarterback Max Duggan, receiver Quentin Johnston, and running backs Kendra Miller and Amari DiMarcato. An incredible, incredible season for that offense. One that was one of the best in the country, just from a scoring perspective, number one to number three most of the season. And that, of course, was extremely potent as they got into the red zone. An insane season, and Garrett Riley is going to be a head coach soon, guys. I, I talked to Garrett Riley before their semifinal game in which they won against Michigan, and he obviously wants to be a head coach. He's got some time, he believes, to get there. But man, making this move to Clemson, not necessarily taking a chance, but now he's on the big stage. And just one year of incredible success there, and I think getting Clemson into the playoff, and if people view it, because he's got Clemson back in the top five offensively, we could be talking a year from now about Garrett Riley being a head coach at a Power Five program. And wouldn't that be something to see, to see two brothers leading Power Five programs? Elsewhere across college football, things are starting to settle down on the coaching carousel a little bit. We've had 24 FBS jobs come open and be filled among the head coaching ranks. So a quick dive into the numbers here. Every year I tend to go through, usually in March, and gather all my data and my reporting from all the coaching changes across FBS college football. How does this year compare? Well, we'll get into that here in another month or two after I compile the numbers. And of course, the majority of all these hires are done. Still a lot of positions to be filled. But it's a little bit slower this season, but we might end up with the same type of numbers. Last year, we had 575 coaching changes across the FBS. That's new hires or promotions within teams. That's an average of 4.4 hires per team across college football. That's an insane turnaround. And as much as some people like to criticize the transfer portal with players coming and going, and there's just too much movement going on, thousands of players in the portal, well, guess what? Percentage-wise, you're actually experiencing more turnover with coaching staffs than you are with players on your roster. So keep that in mind, guys. Also, look across college football right now. We've had 11 Power 5 head coaching changes this year, which is down from the 14 we saw a year ago. And last year, we had 29 total head coaching changes across FBS, which was the highest number since 2015. 
But in 2022 and 23, this current cycle, we've had 24 total. And so these last two years combined have might end up being a record-breaking total for as far as just a calendar year in coaching changes. And no conference has experienced more turnover than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has experienced an incredible turnover rate. Seven new head coaches in the Pac-12 have been hired in just these last two cycles. The only conference that comes close is the ACC, which, by the way, has more teams than the Pac-12 with 12 teams. The ACC has had six new head coaches here in the last two cycles. So the Pac-12 going into 2023, the majority of the head coaches there are going to be head coaches that weren't on those sidelines two years ago. Another thing to keep in mind here. Is just the rate of pay that we're seeing. And not just among head coaches and assistant coaches, as we always focus on that. Some coaches now like Dabo Sweeney getting paid $115 million in a new 10-year contract that he signed back in September, but also support staffs. Consider this. The SEC is paying an average of $4.3 million per team to their support staffs. Florida leads the way at $6.2 million with a support staff And support staffs include quality control analysts, analysts themselves that are watching tape and helping with the team, strength staffs, nutritionists. Florida leads the SEC with 68 support staffers with a price tag of $6.2 million. LSU's just behind with 61 support staffers and $5 million. And Georgia, the the two-time national champions, back-to-back national champions, 56 support staffers with $4.8 million of salary. Boy, there is a lot of money out there, especially in the SEC. And as you see earlier, I mentioned Todd Grantham, a veteran defensive coordinator in major college football. He's an analyst at Alabama. And getting him bumped up to be the defensive coordinator there potentially at Alabama would not be much of a big move because... He's already getting paid pretty well, and he has the experience. That's college football these days. Money everywhere, support staff's getting bigger, and it's amazing looking through those hallways at just how many big-time coaches are sometimes just sitting there watching film and not actually coaching as support staffers. Much more on the coaching carousel and, of course, the transfer portal in later episodes here on the College Football Daily. You guys make sure to go to 247sports.com for complete coverage on the carousel and this first transfer portal window, which is closing this week. I'm Brendan Marcello for our producer, Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll see you down the road.